And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yo, yo, welcome to Stargazing, a show about the figures and influencers that surround the superstars in NBA culture. I'm Yovan Buha, NBA reporter at The Athletic. Joining us now is Erica Ruiz. Erica is an NBA agent for Clutch Sports. She entered the agency space eight years ago in the mailroom and worked her way up. After playing college basketball at St. Mary's and Cal State Los Angeles, and then becoming a video coordinator at USC. Her current NBA clients include Moses Moody, Juan Toscano Anderson, Jared Vanderbilt, and Scottie Pippen Jr. Erica, how you doing? I'm excellent. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Welcome to the show. Let's start with this. This is always my, my first question that I'm interested in. How and when did you fall in love with basketball? What, what's your what's your origin story with, with uh, basketball? Yeah, I, I I think about it and I have like many flashes. Um, but I think my earliest memory is third grade, Kobe Bryant. Um, my cousin used to actually bet on the games. And so that was my first real exposure of being like locked in and knowing who was playing like and who was playing well. Um, and fortunately for me, that was around the time when the Lakers started winning championships, you know, back to back to back. But my earliest memory was I loved the game, but having an appreciation and connection to individual players. And then as I got older, there's more moments where I felt so in love with basketball could see myself was when love and basketball came out. I think that was one of the first times where you could see a woman who quite frankly was better than the guys growing up. And, and that was my experience as a, as a young and playing. Um, but I'm, I'm constantly falling in love with the game. I have such appreciation for what I do and I, I never take it for granted. You, you grew up in the, the Bay area. Were you a Warriors fan then? You said, unfortunately, with the, with the Lakers winning championships. You know, everyone was a Warriors fan, but my heart was true to Kobe. So okay. um, now, you know, being older and seeing what a team can do for, you know, a city, um, I'm always rooting for the Bay. I always want them to win. I think it's been incredible to see uh, what they've been able to do. And, uh, you know, shout out to Juan winning a championship with the hometown team. So then what, what drew you to being on the agent side? Uh, because you at USC were a video coordinator, obviously could have gone the coaching route, I'm sure, if you wanted to. Uh, so, so what kind of you know, drew you to the agent side instead of going the coaching route? I think for most of us that are basketball players, that's our identity. And I see that a lot representing athletes today. And for myself, when I was transferring from St. Mary's to Cal State LA, I had that crossroad pretty early that I knew, okay, this is the last stop for me. I'm doing this because I love the game. I'm going to get everything I have, but what's next for me? And basketball is a really small community. Um, I, when I was a freshman, Patty Mills was a freshman there. There was a lot of hype around him. 
and um, just having exposure through friends throughout the business, seeing seeing people who were chasing this dream and what their needs were. And I felt like, look, if I play, if I can eventually coach and I can go to a prestigious school like USC, I feel like that would get me in the door somewhere. I never thought that would make me an agent. I think that could get me in the door. And so I really held on to that. I can't say at the time I fully knew what an agent was. And I don't think you ever really know until you do it um, because it's different for everyone. But there's this level of desire to protect people who are going through a situation to give knowledge that maybe I didn't have, whether that's as a player and now even as an agent and to really be in their corner through the good and the bad. Um, I feel like we've experienced that through our lives, especially teaches you that in sports and to know you have someone in it with you. I always want to be that for my guys. And then you start in the mailroom at CAA. How do you land that opportunity? And then how do you work your way up through the mailroom? Because that, that's, that's a legendary story, right? Like that's kind of what you hear in the movies. You, you know, someone, an intern or something starts in the mailroom, works their way up. Like how, how did you do that? Yeah, when I got the coaching position at USC under Cynthia Cooper, I also did my master's at the same time. And I sat with her and we were going through the process. And I said, look, my dream is to be an MBA agent. So I'm going to coach if you give me this position as long as my master's is. And my, my focus on my master's was the lack of female representation in male sports, AKA why were there so little women doing it or having this opportunity? It's not from a lack of desire. And um, she, she still hired me, which is a big credit to her. She saw potential in me and gave me that opportunity. As I did my master's, it allowed me to do a deep dive into the sport of basketball, the CBA, the television negotiation contracts. Um, and I got wind of, you know, who was doing these deals? Cause that was around the time where it was no longer, okay, deals are just being done, but who's actually doing them, right? Cause the numbers were bigger. Um, and I thought that if I had, you know, two bachelors, a master's, I played and I coached in my head, I was like, this is gonna get me into the, into the mailroom somewhere, hopefully CAA. Um, it was crickets. No one responded back. Didn't get one single interview. Um, and I really believe opportunity, timing, and creating momentum um, are big forces in having success. And I had become friends with Callie Curry, uh, formerly Callie Rivers, Doc Rivers' daughter. And we hung out for about a year. We became really close. And when it was time for me to enter the workforce post coaching, I said to her, I'm like, she's like, how's it going? I'm like, no one's, no one's responded to me. Um, I'm doing little side hustles here and there. And she goes, why didn't you ask for my help? I was like, because everyone asks you for that. And she goes, you're an idiot. And I was like, <laughs> that's rude, but she's blunt and keeps it real, which I appreciate about her. And she's like, of course I would submit your resume. Like, I know how hard you work. I know why you want to do this. This is, it's nothing to me. And she submitted my resume a week later. I got an interview at CAA for the mailroom. Um, and I tell her all the time, she changed the trajectory of my life because we have to have someone open that door for us. We don't do it alone. We can act like we're solo dolo. It doesn't happen. We don't always get help from the people we may think it's going to be, but we definitely have help throughout the process. So and in, in all sports, and, and you're familiar with this, like a lot of people want to be an agent, but 
you can't outgrow the demand of the business. There's 450 players. You have two-way players as well. You also have the G League. And although that seems like a big number, you know, big bulk of the top represents a majority of those players. So um, people weren't really hiring assistants. So they sat me down when I was in the mailroom at CA and said, everyone wants sports. Why you? I told him my background and he was so impressed and, and blown away. And in that moment, I was like, my vision board served me right. I made a plan. I said this was going to help me, you know, remove doubt and question marks because I always felt I had capability. Um, and they they hired me. And fortunately, um, I was able to work for the co-head a year later. I spent about a year in the mailroom. It's a very long time. I was 26 years old, a lot older than most people. They're about 22, 23. But I felt if it's effort, that it's going to take for me to grow because a mailroom is what it sounds like. You're delivering mail, uh, you're driving around clients, you are creating flowers, pencil flowers in conference rooms. Um, you're entrusted on making sure decks are perfection, you know? And I'm like, if it's effort, game on. Like, I know exactly what I want to do. This is all that I'm about. Um, and so I try to put my best foot forward in everything that I did in the mailroom to, to have a chance. What was on your vision board or, or, you know, whatever you're, whatever you're comfortable sharing. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. I've been doing a vision board since I transferred. Um, I felt like, and I'm, I'm very much this way till today. I have to see the vision and I think it's extremely important now as I've gotten older, it's not just the big goal, but how do you break that down to, to more of who you want to become while you're doing it? And also what are the steps you can see success and achievement? Um, and for me, it was to be CA Sports' first female player agent. Um, I have a lot of pride and and just excitement that I was able to do that. Um, I think most people thought, "Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll we'll let her we'll let her be in sports, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens." And for me, I'm going to keep knocking on that door. My dad always says to me, you know. Don't wait for the door to open. You know, don't, you know, if you're knocking, kick the door down. And it's a delicate dance of being persistent uh, and being an advocate for yourself. But um, that was one of the major ones. But I broke it down like getting a desk, you know, getting promoted to the trainee pr program, which is a very storied uh, program within agencies where you go back down to the mailroom. Imagine telling your parents, I'm promoted. They're like, oh, amazing. And then you're like, uh, I'm, I'm going back down to the mailroom though. They're like, huh? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, then I, then I became a coordinator where you start to do the job before you do the job. And, and then I eventually became an agent, took the agent test and, and have been, um, doing this for, for, four plus years. Do you remember where you were when you found out that you became an agent? Yes. I had a little bit of an inkling, um, because promotions are certain times of the year. Uh, but we had this Monday morning meeting where everyone that's in the LA office is there. Um, I, I felt like it was going to happen. I was sitting there and then my boss at the time, one of the co-heads walks down the steps in the theater of, of uh, you know, my former company and he starts to do a speech. And in that moment, my heart is racing and you know, it's where they give you their roses. And then they say, Erica Ruiz, congratulations. You're officially an agent. And, you know, you, you appreciate those, those moments 
so much and it's less of the accomplishment but more of the journey like whoo I, I i did what i said i was gonna do and then who, who were your first clients when you first started out like how, how does that work because obviously you're going from you talked about this this one-year journey going from the mailroom to officially becoming an agent like how, how does that work with with setting you up with clients so it's it's uh obviously different at every agency so i can just speak to my mm -hmm. particular experience is you have an opportunity to grow within uh, each team that you're on. Um, I was, since I worked for a co-head, I had a lot of exposure and I did a lot of day-to-day -day work. Um, there was a lot of trust, both with the clients, the families, and my leadership at the time. So my first client where I was in, you know, the signing meeting was um, Jordan Bell uh, from Oregon. Um, you know, later on a couple years down the road, him and his manager said, you know, E, you're the reason why we signed with, with, you know, with the agency at the time. And I did not know that, you know, I, you play your role, you play your part, you put your effort in, you want to do your best job, but that sticks with me forever. And, um, you know, it was as if he saw me before the world saw me with that title next to my name. And then, um, you, you kind of mentioned it, but how did your background as a player and, you know, on the coaching side, uh, affect your relationship with, with players once you started working as an agent? Like, you know, did, did you feel like you had a common background with, with these guys that you could kind of relate to them on a different level than maybe the typical agent? I think my background really helped in the business space. Um, obviously playing, I can understand what someone is mentally, emotionally, and physically going through. Um, I tell people this all the time. When you play a college sport, the male athletes treat the women athletes the same. We, we're all on the same grind together. It's the outside noise that tries to create a division of male sports is this, female sports is that. Um, but my background was really to be able to get me in the door in business and to become an agent. The biggest thing I think that I can take away that me and my players connect most on is the emotional roller coaster of of life but most importantly of sports right and we go back to what we talked about basketball being identity and your identity so that means if you play good you're feeling great you play bad you may be feeling low if you're not playing at all what does that mean and so i think being a player transferring having a completely different experience and then being a coach that kind of had to navigate you know day to day and game plan um it allowed me to have a deeper understanding and connection with what they may be enduring throughout, you know, their journey of being a pro. And then you join Clutch Sports in March of 2022. See the sweatshirt on. Uh, what what went into that decision? And um, just you know, taking that that leap to to Clutch. Yeah, I was in a in a very critical point in my career, and what I mean by that is we're constantly evolving, constantly growing. We should be constantly getting better but it was where I was gonna plant my roots and really establish myself um, to this next phase. And when I thought what matters most to me, it's how I view representation. And it was really a no brainer to me because at Clutch and how Rich has ran this business is we represent people, a human first, right? And I think a lot of fans and businesses can view it as no they're an athlete this is a part of the scheme of you know x y and z and for us it's 
if we represent you, we understand there's highs and lows. If we represent you, we also represent your family. And we want to put everyone in a position of power to succeed. And I think it's clear as day, and Rich says this quite often, is he's played every role. So he knows what it's like to play every role. I feel that same way with myself, with my clients. Like I played every role. I was a star player. I was a bench player. I was, you know, a coach. I started in the mailroom. I've been an assistant. And so for us and how we run business is while we're going to be disruptive, while we're going to be innovative, while we're going to continue to help our players grow on the court, we're going to help them grow as young men. And I only do things if I feel it in my chest, as you saw earlier, I almost mm -hmm. cried a little bit. I have no shame in that. Um, and here there's true synergy in that. And I admire and respect what we've built here. So what has what the last 10 months been like? It's been fun, first and foremost. I think going into the office every day, I, I'll never forget this. I went from a more, a more corporate you know, structure in place. And while we still have those, that's the bread and butter of doing good business. I'll never forget Daryl had like the most fire jams playing, but it felt like a cafe vibe. And um, we enjoy being in there together. And to have a great environment, especially in a time where we were all in the pandemic and to, to be immersed into something that like felt good um, was, was a blessing. But I think the biggest thing that it's been for me is to see leadership um, and how different styles are. And the biggest thing that I'll take is there's leaders who create separation. So they're at the top, I'm here, you know, you're here, you're growing. And then there's leaders who are very confident in themselves and what they've grown and established and say, I see you for you. You come on my wing, let's do this together. And let me put you in a position to win. And I've been forever grateful for, for Rich, for Omar, for Farah, for Chantal, for, for putting me in that position. And I really value how they have been as leaders because those individuals have a chance to make or break your experience. And I don't think enough people put thought into feeding and giving life into the people under them. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals, and show you hidden allies so that you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. 
Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash show 23 That's linkedin.com slash show 23 for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash show 23 and get started. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So what's the average day-to-day like uh, as an agent? Because I think there's like the, the outside perception and, uh, you know, I, I think people just think it's it's signing a bunch of contracts and um, endorsements and like, I'm sure obviously, you know, that that's part of it, but what, what is your day-to-day communication like with, with your players and right. meetings and going to games and traveling and all that stuff? I think the, what I'll share are the consistent things of, of my day that are always in it. I'm always strategizing. I'm always planting seeds. And what I mean by planting seeds is I'm going to reach out and to tell a brand or a team or whatever it may be organization about you, even if I know the actual thing we're trying to accomplish is in a year from now. You have to be proactive in this business. It's important to be proactive. And I think quite often it can be easy to be reactive because we're, we're so busy, right? Um, and the main thing that I do every day that's consistent is I'm going to go out swinging and I better have some losses and misses on the board because if I'm doing that, I'm creating momentum. And if I'm doing that, I've challenged myself that day. So those are the key things that are always consistent. I have on my vision board, uh, you know, daily actions. I, I told you I broke it down to more of who I want to be as a person rather than accolades, because that can be, it really can be unfulfilling if, if it's strictly just a check mark and, and, and just an accomplishment, but developing who more, more of who I want to be is not being afraid of rejection because you'll be very surprised where you land and how many more yeses you will get the no's. You've alluded to it, but what's it been like being a woman in such a, you know, an overwhelmingly male space and, and what have been the challenges and the obstacles that you've had to face over the last eight years? The biggest challenge I'd say is thinking of what you don't have or what you're not, right? Because you are an only, because you are a rarity, because it's not common. Um, And what I've really tried to shift my focus to and what life has taught me is I am a woman. I'm in a male dominated business. I have a lot of skill sets that are very beneficial. Um, I'm creative. I think outside the box and I love to work in tandem and team. And the biggest thing that I've seen is those are the qualities that have gotten me this far. And while I should always be trying to add, I shouldn't try to be something I'm not. And when I leaned more into that, that's when I've seen my most success. That's that's awesome. Um, for 
someone trying to follow in your footsteps, what would be a piece of advice or, or several pieces of advice that you would give them to kind of, you know, and I know it's, it's difficult to, you know, times are always changing and with social media, I'm sure, you know, things are different now, but like if someone wanted to be the next Erica Ruiz, what would you tell them? To dig deep into their why, because if it resonates and align with them being an agent, you'll be able to overcome a lot, which in all of our jobs, I know, including yours, there's so many challenges, right? It doesn't even have to be sports. There's so many roadblocks. And if you can know what your why is, that's going to help you get through. And I think the biggest thing that I had to learn was while I had at times been boxed into roles and situations where I felt at the time were holding me back, I switched my mind to perspective of how can I get the most out of this and how can I add this into my wheelhouse so I can be a such a skilled agent so I can do marketing. I can do in tandem with you know Chantal, I can create a story and she goes out there and helps me really get this out to the world and she gives me feedback. But I have so many different things that I can do because instead of pouting or being upset about not getting to be an agent 10 years ago, right? I was like, let me be really excellent at all these things. So at the end of the day, I can, I have the capabilities to help my client in every facet and an understanding. And so if they, if any one person wants to do this, I would just say, know your why and focus on what each roadblock can give you to add to your toolbox. Do you have an I made it moment in your career? Was it becoming an agent or was it a certain person or, or player maybe, you know, recognizing you saying what's up or like, you know, when I ask that, like, what's the first thing that pops into your head? I've had a lot of moments where I've realized how far I've come. I'm not sure that I can say I've made it because I don't really know what it is. But what I can say is, wow, I've done almost everything that I said that I was going to do. So don't be afraid to to dream big. I want to honor where I'm at now. Like I was I talked to my colleagues and we're strategizing. I talked to my clients and just having such gratitude for the young men and men that I represent today. And if there's you know more in the future and I'm able to continue to grow, then that's incredible. But where I'm at today is is pretty impressive to Erica from 10 years ago. How has social media and technology changed the job in, in the eight years you've been doing it? Social media, it definitely gives a lot of access, of course. I think for me, I use it as a tool of understanding. Personally, I try to get a deep dive into who I'm recruiting, who I'm representing, what their interests are, who they are as people. And while it doesn't tell a whole picture, you, you can get good bites of who someone is. And so I think that this has allowed athletes and entertainers and, and, and anyone in business or that uses social media to create their own perception of who they are. And you can do a lot of good with that. Um, and, and for me, I think it's just an added another dimension to the business. And then a, a couple more here. What is Erica doing in 2026? Running a marathon because I ruptured my Achilles twice <laughs> at the end <sighs> of the year. So it won't be as soon as I'd like it to be, but running a marathon is definitely, and I did that playing basketball, by the way. So uh, I, I didn't know it was twice. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Wow. You want to hear the story? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. 
So the, the first one, it was right after Lakers media day, um, had an incredible day with, you know, with our clients there. And, uh, I caught an open run with our, with our young guys and I hadn't played in a while, but I was training for my, my marathon. And, um, we would play for an hour and a half. We won the first game. Max Hazard was going crazy, scoring bucket after bucket, putting his team on his back. And uh, I was on the wing and I pushed off and I immediately looked behind me and grabbed my leg. And it, you know, I know the signs, there's a medical aspect too of understanding the business. And I was like, oh, and they're like, what? And I was like, I, I, I for sure ruptured my, and I walked off the court and in my soul, I'm like, well, I'm walking like, right? Only Kobe does that. So, um, that was that was the first time, and then after uh, it was about three and a half weeks after my surgery, I had just got my boot on, and I was at home. I just had like a winning day. I mean, I was I was rolling. I was locking in a deal. I was just creating momentum with clients, and I had hopped on my scooter. I had my boot off for ten, like ten minutes. I um, went on my scooter. I got a phone call from a recruit that was calling me, and I was excited. I was like, "Oh shoot!" And I was like, "What up?" And then my little wheel hit something in the kitchen. And so then it went up and it didn't fall back or anything, but your natural reaction is what? To catch yourself. Mm -hmm. And I knew it, it was the weirdest sensation. And I was like, yo, let me call you back. Let me call you back. But in that moment, which shows a good and a, you know, a hard thing to learn is I was more focused on trying to be still me on this phone call, dealing with the physical pain of the, the injury of my leg. Um, and it, it was like a carpet tour, which is a lot of detail on this. I'm sorry, but I think what it taught me was this. I was ripping and running the first time I tore it. A week later, I flew to uh, the Bay Area to be at Juan's ring ceremony. There was nothing that was going to stop me from being there because you can't get moments back. And my doctor cleared it. So I went. I had been to, you know, Scotty's first game as a Laker. Um, so I was at games. And I was really putting a lot on my body. And when I tore it the second time, I realized that it was a reoccurring message that I have to take care of myself. I have to be present and I have to slow down. And, you know, being in a boot in a, in a cast for three months really gives you a lot of thinking and perspective. I think what it's most given me is even more understanding for my clients when they're going through injury and just life of being an athlete and having to perform night in and night out. I feel even more connected with them and they were so wonderful my clients the care that they had and the grace that they gave me during that period is a true testament to who they are as as young men and i'm really grateful how did that change your day-to-day -day? was it just less travel more doing stuff from home less travel definitely trying to you know i watched a lot of basketball a lot i mean i think i watched the most basketball i got to watch in my agent career so i was wow. probably watching like five games a day which wow. is great because when mm -hmm. you're when you're in the midst and traveling and you're going to a game you're watching that one game maybe another one later so that was the bright spot when you talk about falling in love with the game and when that was like i fell back in love with the game again just seeing it rooting for my guys like wanting people to win and there's this video i sent juan my uh my wife caught me on the ring camera I'm in my boot and I'm eating like some chips on the couch and he like has like a block or something. He's about to score and I'm standing up. I'm like, let's go JTA. And he, she sent it to him. He's like, I fucking love it. <laughs> and you know, I am who I am. I love what I love. And my guys know, and anyone guys, women, colleagues, like 
I'm going to be in it with you. We're going to ride the wave. And the fact that everyone has been so supportive during this, you know, tougher time mentally, physically, I have so much gratitude. That's uh, th- that that's a hell of a way to end this episode. <laughs> that that was a uh, <laughs> can't top that one. Erica, where can people find you on uh, social media and anything you want to plug? Yeah, um, social media on Instagram. I'm eb ruiz too. But most importantly, go follow Clutch Sports. Um, our team is so innovative. We are constantly trying to push the envelope and, and doing incredible things for our clients, and that goes from top to bottom um, with our creative team and and our content team and you can get an inside deep dive into who we are so check them out at clutch sports well thank you so much for your time i hope you make a full uh, recovery and you run that marathon you're back hooping uh sooner yes. than later <laughs> but uh that does it for this episode thank you so much for watching and listening to stargazing if you enjoyed this episode be sure to drop a like and subscribe to the athletics youtube channel appreciate you As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.